Welcome to the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. We are so grateful you're here with us today. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Creative Rise podcast. This is an exciting day because we've got a friend of the show and a Creative Rise mastermind grad, Creative Rise family member jumping on with us today, and it's going to be phenomenal. So we're excited. He's awesome. His name's Kalen Charles. He's from Calgary, which is up in Canada for all of you Americans. Alberta. He's a brand photographer, but he's got a background in psychology that is really interesting, yeah. and it, he's going to have some great yeah. things to from say. From therapist to quitting that to starting you know, full-time as a creative to doing an amazing amount of revenue per month. And we're going to talk about that. You do not want to miss this episode. It's a little bit of a longer one. Stick with us the whole time. Some of the stuff he says in the last, you know, couple minutes, but it's a build on that the whole time. Some of the last couple minutes, some of the stuff is just freaking phenomenal. So you do not want to miss it. Dedicate the time to go through this entire episode. You will be better off because of it, um, which we're so excited. So here is our chat with Kalen. Welcome, buddy. Welcome back to (laughs) the Creative Rise podcast, everybody. (laughs) Welcome, buddy. Well, yes, welcome, buddy. We do have a buddy on the line. Kalen's with us today, which we're really excited about. We've got an awesome guest for you guys today. Kalen, welcome to the show, bro. How's it going? Appreciate it. It's good. It's really good. I'm not caffeinated yet, so it's not great, but it's it's good. (laughs) You're not caffeinated? Yeah, I, I wake up late and this thing took up my time, so you know... It's, uh, yeah, I haven't been able to do the coffee yet. You know what, Kaylin? I might have to, I might have to introduce you to decaf. Just like I've introduced Jody. I'm a big decaf guy now. Big decaf. Um, Where where are you coming in from? Not caffeinated yet because you're always caffeinated. Yeah. Where are you coming in from today? Where are you coming in from, Kaylin? Where do you live? I live in Calgary, Alberta. So up in Canada and yeah, just, uh, in East village in Calgary. If anyone knows where that is, so that's been just just a recent, recent Calgs boy. He's new. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, Kaylin, how long have you been doing photo and video stuff for? Since January 6th. So yeah, January 6th is when I made the transition. And I guess I've been doing like super seriously and like things picking up since like probably like March. So okay. yeah. So right. we're, we're going to get into this because quick spoiler alert, you're about to hit your first $20,000 month, correct? Potentially, maybe close. Yeah. close. You're shooting close to that. Very close. I'm shooting and for you, that. Yeah, and you and you started basically like going at this in March. So from March till now, to be where you are is freaking phenomenal. Crazy. How yeah, long were you shooting and, and doing stuff like that before you actually decided to? And we're going to get into this. You know, quit your job mm-hmm. and step into doing things. Like, how long have you been shooting for just in general? So yeah, I, I took my first like photo class in 2014 and I was in university and I just was like, you know what, it'd be super cool to do like a film photography class. So I did that, did all the development stuff, fell in love with it. And then, yeah, like I've kind of been a hobbyist, I guess, for a really long time since then. And uh, then the last couple of years, I've just been like, should I make the shift? Should it, like, I really am passionate about it. I really enjoy it. Should I take that step and actually like do this full time? Which was a scary, a scary step because I invested a lot of time doing what I was doing previously. Yeah. Well, let's start there. There's so many different things that, that we could talk about. Quick little drop. Kalen is a recent grad of the Creative Rise Mastermind. So we've gotten to spend like an intimate six-week journey with him, getting to know him, getting to watch how he jumped into community with everybody else in the Mastermind. So we already know a lot of the story and we're going to pull out different pieces because it's phenomenal. So all the way back to let's go pre when you went full time in March or in mm-hmm. January, basically, 
what the heck are you doing? And how did you get there? Yes. Yeah. So before I went full-time, before I, I chose to step away in January, I was a full-time mental health therapist working at a university. So I, uh, I guess to how the guy got there was, I don't know, I maybe had messed up high school friends and I was just like, Oh, like people need help. <laughs> Sorry if anyone was You were this, everyone's but, counselor. Uh, <laughs> pretty much. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I went to high school and I was like, I was going through that and I was like, wow, like I like helping my friends, but also I was like, I didn't really know what to do. So I was like, I'm going to be a teacher. And so I went into education for like a year. And then I went and taught in the Marshall Islands uh, grade seven class for a year after that. Cause I was like, I want some hands-on experience Islands? teaching. Uh, South Pacific. So it's Sick. like uh, over by like Guam area. Like I think it's like South of cool, Guam. Cool. Oh, sweet. But yeah, so I was uh, teaching over there and I was like, I hate teaching. <laughs> like, this is awful. <laughs> I don't know why, why anyone would want to do that. As he's but, on the podcast so yeah. to teach the whole Creative Rise community things today. It's different though. <laughs> it's different, it is though. different. It's different I've done the same thing, Kaylin. I've had the exact same experience where I went somewhere and I taught in, in a kid's class with 30 kids. And I was like, I will never mm-hmm. do this with my life ever again. Oh, it's so shout stressful. out to teachers. <laughs> teachers, yes. if you yeah. can do that. That's what I'm saying. Great. Teachers oh, are bomb. Okay, yeah, keep going. You're in you're, you're South Pacific off. and you're Guam. You've realized you don't like teaching. Then what happens? Yeah. So I, I realized I hate teaching. <laughs> that's the, that's the end of the story. No. And so I, uh, I decided I'm like, well, I'm not going to be a teacher clearly. And I was like, what do I want like to do? And I was like, well, I like talking to people. That's cool. And I like helping out, you know, my messed up high school friends. And so I was like, I'm going to maybe do a ther- do therapy and do psychology. Right. And so I, uh, left there. I decided to move from Canada to Michigan where some of the people I was in the Marshall islands with lived and they went to school there. And yeah, I, uh, I did my bachelor's in science and psychology there. And then I did my master's in clinical mental health counseling after my bachelor's. So that was six years of education in, wow, in that dang. area. And yeah, so I went into that. It master's sucked. It was like compressed into two years. So it was like full-time master's classes, counseling 20 to 30 hours a week and working like probably 15 to 20 hours a week. And there'd be like points where I would get to the end of a week or two weeks. And I'd realize I hadn't talked to anyone except for my clients. And it was a very like lonely, stressful period. And so I would actually like often go out and find places of community and relationships that I could like lift myself back up with. You guys talked about coffee for me. That was a coffee shop. And that's why like one of the big reasons I'm so passionate about coffee is because of that community. Big coffee but, guy. Yeah. So I, I did that and then came back to Canada and yeah, worked at the university uh, counseling university students. So, yeah, gotcha. gotcha. And how was that was for lot. you? Was that so? You obviously have transitioned since out of that and into the mm-hmm. creative space, and you're owning your own creative business, pursuing all of that. What was that transition like for you when you were working in that space? When did you know, hey, this is maybe time for me to move out of this? And what did that feel like? Because uh, we know some of those fears that you had and that you've mm-hmm. now, you know, overcome, and that you're going to continue to have to overcome, as we all do. But there's a lot of people listening to the show because we're, we have a pretty good you know, touch point on who listens to this podcast. There's a lot of people that are crushing it, a lot of people that are almost crushing it, a lot of people that could crush it, but they're stuck behind you know, kind of the paywall of what's comfortable for them. Maybe it's a nine to five, mm-hmm. maybe it's something else. Maybe it's even just another area of the creative you know, industry and they want to jump ship and do what you've done and jump ship yeah. and do something that, that will fill their soul more, be probably more revenue generating for them but they can't, they're stuck, they're, they're fearful. What did that feel like for you? How did you get yourself to that point? 
Right. So just to clarify, those are the two questions are, when did I know it was time to step away? And then what did it feel like stepping away? Okay. Exactly. Um, So yeah, I I mean, the the moment that, I guess I'll start off with, with Christy's question. I think as I went into it, it was funny, as I was finishing up my master's, the more and more I got closer to being done my master's, the more I was okay with not doing what I had just been trained to do. And I think I realized because it is, it was a very emotionally demanding career, right? I mean, you are, you are taking care of people's mental health and that's not always a pretty thing, right? It's a very, it's something that's an honor to be able to do, but it's not always an easy or pretty thing to be able to support that. And so I think in my, uh, in my job, probably after the, as I was entering into the second year, I think I started planning saying, okay, this is not the future that I necessarily want. And I think a lot of that had to do with the flexibility, actually. It was, yes, a big part was like, I had a hard time letting go and saying at the end of the day, okay, I'm not going to worry about my clients, right? Because at the end of the day, if someone's suicidal, like that is, you worry about them, right? And I kind of need to be able to disconnect. And I was bad at that. I was bad at being able to disconnect. But also the nine to five, I just realized like, I love flexibility and and be working in a nine to five where you have appointments and stuff. It doesn't allow for that. So I think going into my second year, I was like, okay, this needs to be an eventual plan. I need to start thinking about doing this as far as the fears and everything and what that was like actually doing it. It's hard. I mean, when you've dropped, I mean, especially, you know, Joe, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know this because you were, you know, in Canada, (laughs) but like when when you've dropped like almost a hundred K in student loans because of American education system, which is whack and Biden do something about it, please. Um, Well, I I also wouldn't know about that because I didn't go to school and I proudly say I didn't go to school. It wasn't the right fit for I, me, so. I did go to school, so I do understand the Christy student loan life. Christy does understand for that. Sure. And actually, I do understand that now because I'm married to her, and <laughs> I do understand that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, that was like, you know, a big thing was like, I, I just spent like a ton of money doing this in yeah. you know, private education in the United States. And I just spent six years doing this. Like that's half, over half a decade. And I was like, is it okay to walk away from this? Is it okay to walk away from that investment? Because in, at the time, it felt like if I walked away, it was throwing away all of that. It was throwing away the years. It was throwing away the training. It was throwing away. It's pretty much saying like, you know, 80K of debt was completely pointless. All of that, right? And so that was really tough. And then also that, that nagging question, like, can I do this? Like, if I do this, you know, there's the ideal of, oh, it'd be super cool to be a content creator. It'd be super cool to be like a photographer. Can I do that? Can I make that work? And so I think those were the, the big questions in my mind. Mm, so great. you jump out of that and that's actually when we met you that was a very crucial you know point in that transition yeah. for you i would assume and so speak on that for a second what did it look like as you stepped into that what were some of the things that you went okay if i am going to leave this one investment that i've invested so much time so much money into so much of your energy probably some identity you've invested your identity into going i will be yeah. this right you mm-hmm. stepping away from that Flash forward now, you know, eight, nine months, you're obviously rocking it. And so the question that people are asking today and the question that we're asking is, what were a few things in the beginning that you really gravitated to in order to go, hey, I might not know what I'm doing fully, but I sure know Mm -hmm. this, this, and this, and I'm going to stick to these things and really push into them. So what were some of those things right off the bat? Okay. So to start on the most foundational level, creativity, aesthetic, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, I think there's a, a, it's important to have a level of self-awareness surrounding, like, do I have the skill set to do this? Absolutely. 
totally. Yeah. And not, not to be like in any way, like arrogant or anything, but I'm like, I believe that I'm like a decent photographer. Right. And I believe totally. that I create like, like good work. Right. And so that was, that was a level that I'm like, I need to lean into this. I mean, if I'm going to do this, I need to make sure that the stuff I put out, like I'm proud of and companies are going to be happy with. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was a big skill. thing. But yeah, absolutely. Hold my skill. Right. The second thing I think is I recognize that if I do this, I want to lean into building the foundation strong. And that was, you know, whether courses I take, you know, shout out to you guys, whether, you know, website, how I develop my website, all those different things. And the, th the third thing, and probably the most important was if I do this, I need to lean into what I've always leaned into and always focused on, which was, I think, people. And so um, I didn't want to go into this and try to do it without holding on to what I was always, I felt been my greatest strength and, and greatest, uh, the thing I appreciate most in life, which is people and relationships. So, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, which was your entire previous career, right? Was focusing on, on yeah. doing something for the benefit of, of people around you. Right. So, okay. I love that. Two things I want to touch on. You mentioned courses and you mentioned people before we get to people, because mm -hmm. people's a topic that I think, you know, we could all talk about for, for hours. And it's the reason why you're on the show, because you're so good with people. Talk about the investment that just for a second, you decided to jump into the creative rise mastermind. And we had talked about that. You jumped in and from our perspective and Christy and I have told you this, but we're just going to make it clear on the show. Kalen was a, a foundational part of, of the round he was in. Um, always, always going, Hey, how can I benefit other people more than I benefit myself? How can I, you know, be available to other people more than I can ask for people to be available to me? How can I, you know, focus on learning, learning, learning and implementing, you really just crushed the six weeks and um, the whole that. community knew that we all let you know that great joke. So it's not a great jokes. Um, so it's jokes. not a shock <laughs> to see that you are where you are today because yeah. when you add in, you know, like you said, your, your self-awareness around the fact that you are good at what you do, you are, you know, worthy of doing it full time. Plus all the things that you learned in the mastermind, the community you got connected with. It's not a surprise mm -hmm. that you are where you are today. Talk to us. Why did you make that investment? Just really quick. Because I think this is key for a lot of people that are wanting to do what you've done or even do half of what you're doing right now. You mm -hmm. know, if you're on track to do a fifteen dollars to $20,000 month, they could do a $7,000 month. That's amazing for a lot of people. Right. This step, I think, was... I mean, I know it was foundational. So talk to us about why did you make that investment? Yeah. So, you know, I think leaving and leaving my career and everything, I was, I was feeling a very, I think, great sense of being lost at the time. I think, as you mentioned earlier, like there was a certain level of loss of identity. I think there was a certain level of like scrambling of like, who am I or what do I bring to this? I think there was a level of disconnect between what I did before and what I was doing now. And a lot of just kind of unanswered questions. So I think it was originally when you guys dropped or jumped on uh, a clubhouse conversation. Oh, I think it was a uh, mutual friend. Those were the glory days. Uh, Those were the days. So good. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, uh, Scott C. Backen, one of our mutual friends, you know, he was hosting it and we, you guys jumped on and you dropped some knowledge and like some like advice that wasn't from an influence perspective. And I was just like, this is so refreshing because every single person I feel like across the industry, almost when they talk about how to be successful, they talk about it from a position of like, I have a hundred thousand followers and it's like, right. that's great. You can pull clients if you got a hundred K followers, but that doesn't help you. If you've got say like me, like 5,000, right. It doesn't help exactly. you if you have less mm -hmm. than me, like 500. Right. And so right. I think there was just some very practical advice. And that's something I've always appreciated in life is that I think practical 
applicable advice. And so I was, I was like starting to be interested. And so I, then I found out you guys had a podcast. And so like started listening to podcasts. I was doing that sometimes for like, if I'd go on a, a drive between, you know, Edmonton and Calgary, it'd be three and a half hours of just straight creative rise. Oh, <laughs> I was listening to this and then binging it yeah, on the road with creative rise. It, I was, That's what the exactly. show should be called. <laughs> you start out, start a road trip, a road trip uh, blog or something. Right. Yeah. There we go. But yeah, so I was just, I was just listening all the time. And then I found out you guys had this creative rise thing. I uh, found out that like my friends, I think Dusty, Victor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the boys, the Alberta uh, boys. Claudio, yeah. All of those guys, right. They had been part of it. So I reached out to some of them and they were like, yo, like this is, this was such a good investment. 100% worth it. If you do it, if you do the work, it's worth it. Yeah. And it's the only way, it works, you know, this yeah. was at a point where I had no income coming in and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do this, as I said, one of the big things I want to focus on was building the foundation strong. Mm. And I was like, yeah. I want to do that from a practical creative business approach and not from a getting stuck in the Instagram world approach. And so, um, yeah, I was like, it's, I dropped it and it was, yeah, best decision I probably made since I, I stepped away from my last job. So dude, we love to hear That's that, awesome. man. That's awesome. We're so glad you invited us into, into your story through doing that. And now we've just got such a great friendship and, um, and now you're giving value to people on the podcast, which is amazing. So yeah, uh, hopefully incredible, incredible value. You just talked about, about what it looks like to invest in yourself, even when there's fear around that, you know, you didn't have income coming mm-hmm. in. You said, you know, you kind of felt like you were in this season of being lost. A lot of people go, Oh, I'll invest in something once I know what I want to do, you know, but you just right. said, no, investing in something puts you, you know, in a position with a fire underneath you that made you do nothing but move forward into, into a spot where you could find more clarity. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Okay. Part of what I'd mentioned earlier, but why you I think were so successful in through you know going through the mastermind was you built great relationships with people in that room, and that's what a mastermind is, right? It's coming together, mm-hmm. people in a room, going, "Hey, I'm here for your benefit. You're here for my benefit. Let's right. all learn together. Let's all implement together. Let's all build our businesses together. Community over competition. Everyone walks away from that more you know successful than they came in. It, you just yeah. can't not. Mm-hmm. So people are such a big part of that, but watching how you dealt with people in that and watching how you built into people in that was just phenomenal. And Christy and I have already said this, we'll say it again. You are easily somebody that we look at and go, wow, he is gifted with people. And looking at your success starting in January or March or whatever you want to call it to now doing, you know, having a 15 to $20,000 a month, there is no way that that could have been done without having great people skills. And I think a lot of the time mm-hmm. in the creative industry, people mistake great people skills for, you know, just like cutthroat networking tactics. And I know that you are really against cutthroat networking tactics. And you are yes. you are just for having great relationships with people. Hence why you have a therapist background, right? So one of the things mm-hmm. that that I know I've heard you say, and I, I want you to talk on this for a second, and I wrote this down because when you said this, this was so profound. There's only so far hard work can take you relationships define your future opportunity. And so when you said that, I was like, wow, that's, that is so profound because it's so true. Hard work is necessary, but hard work will yeah. get you to a certain point and relationships are, are going to continue to pull you, you know, up the mountain after you can't keep your legs moving anywhere anymore. Hard work will not take you any farther. And that's something that Christy and I have seen you do in our mastermind. We've seen you do that outside of the mastermind. We see you do that on the daily. You're constantly doing that. You can see it through your socials. Talk to us about why you said that and what you mean when you talk about, hey, a relationship should never be a bridge. And how is that applied to 
the ways, you know, that you've started to build this business and you're really seeing, you know, things come out of this and it's, you're seeing the fruit of you not using relationships as bridges. Why should people go, okay, Kaylin, I agree with you. I should stop using relationships as bridges. Yeah. So all of that, it completely yeah, embodies, I think, uh, my perspective on this. I, I can confidently say that I would not be where I am right now. Like when I left my job, I had zero clients. I had zero income. I was getting a bunch of no's. I can like confidently say that if it wasn't for relationships, I would not be at a place where I'm able to make what I made at my last job or, you know, three times what I made at my last job in a month sometimes. Right. Um, and that is so huge. And I've been very lucky in being in an area. Calgary is so great that way. I think, you know, we've, there's a lot of really great figures in the photography and creative community here who are so pro supporting and lifting each other up. And that's been so good. So like the level of opportunity from, from just being friends with people and engaging in authentic, meaningful connections with them, the level of opportunity, whether it's advice that they give, whether it's, you know, they say your name in a room, right. Or whether it's just honestly, like even when you're on a call with someone or a meeting with someone engaging with them in a real way and not to get something and having that meaningful, genuine relationship, those are the things that I can 100% attribute to my like success, if you can call it that, right? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not where I wanna be, but I'm yeah. I'm happy where, where I am for sure. And I'm excited yeah. where it's going. So you had mentioned the bridge thing. And yeah, we had chatted about this uh, a little while ago. I think the problem is in, in our current like young person, that millennial Gen Z hustle culture is this idea of networking. Like you said, this cutthroat networking where relationships are seen as a bridge and not a destination, right? And I think that's so problematic because relationships, they're not a, a roadway to get you to where you want to be, right? It's just so un- inauthentic when people do that, right? Like a relationship in itself should be a destination. That should be the end point. If great opportunities come from that, that is fantastic, but that should never be the motivator. And I think it's, you know, I think people get into this habit of being like, I'm going to network so that I can get somewhere or get something. But like, I think we underestimate like people can pick that up, right? Like when, when, if you go up and let's say you're even talking in like a client sense and you meet this person who's, you know, a director for some company and you're just like instantly go up and you start selling yourself and selling yourself and there's no level of authentic connection. And it feels very like you're pushing your agenda. They recognize that. Right. And also like, like, I feel like that's, that's the high school friend reaching out. And it's like, hey, haven't seen you in a long time. Let's meet up for coffee. And then they pitch. Join my multi-level marketing. (laughs) I have an opportunity for you. (laughs) Right. But like that is the culture of so much of the creative industry, right? Like right now. And it's it's so problematic because it's it's this idea of viewing people as bridges instead of destinations, right? It's this idea, like in the moment, you're like, oh sweet, this person I haven't seen since high school that I used to be friends with wants to meet up for coffee. Oh no, they don't. They don't actually care about you. They just want you to be a step on their journey to get where they want to be. Right. And I think it limits you in so many ways because I think when you engage in yeah, meaningful, authentic connections with people, as you said earlier, like no matter how hard you work, there's always going to be a glass ceiling you're eventually going to hit without that, that hand to pull you up to the next level. And if you're going around creating relationships that are shallow and meaningless, you're not going to get that hand. And also you're going to be robbed of any community or support or friendship or mutual giving back and forth along the way. Right. And so I think that that's so, 
so essential is, is seeing, starting to try to shift your view of relationships to a destination instead of a, uh, instead of a roadway or a, a bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. It's so true. I mean, it's it, people love people who give first, right? If you don't give, give, mm-hmm. give before you ask, then you're just come off as fake and phony and totally. it doesn't work for creative business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So another thing, Kayla, that, that touches on this topic that I've heard you say, and I wrote it down because I'm writing down things you've been saying, <laughs> is you said transactional relationships are terrifying if they remain mm-hmm. transactional. Because mm-hmm. if a relationship is just transactional, there's no stability there. There's no actual yeah. human to human, you know, desire to be in relationship, meaning it could drop out at any point. Now, you have gone from again starting going full time, quitting your therapy job, becoming a creative business owner, jumping into that full time with no income at the beginning of this year, now in a spot where you're doing fifteen to twenty K per month. I can probably assume that it is because you are no longer just operating out of transactional relationships because you can't get to a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar place in a month off of transactional relationships that aren't you know stable. Transactional relationships mm-hmm. are often like, hey, we did something once and we're not going to do it anymore. You, I know this because I know some of the clients you worked with and we've talked about it. You are operating with clients in a sense of, hey, we're actually building some human-to-human connection here and we're going to continue to work with each other time and time again, which we know and we teach us in Creative Rise all the time, that is the key to growing any income is working with Mm -hmm. fewer people in higher capacities, building better relationships with them, right? That's always going to scale something faster than going, hey, how can I do the same small thing for a smaller, you know, ticket price and and touch it to a thousand people in a creative business sense? Talk to me about that. Yeah, exactly. Talk to me about that, that statement. Transactional relationships are scary if they only stay transactional. Why did you say that? And how can you encourage people to, to, you know, again, go, oh yeah, totally agree with that right now. And how can that Mm -hmm. help them? How has it helped you? Well, I'll start off by saying, I think oftentimes within the creative industry, transactional relationships are often also fueled by the uh, scarcity mindset, right? Mm. So I think a lot of times people enter into transactional relationships. And I'll give a little more, I guess, definition of what I mean by that. I worked with a, a company towards the beginning and I had much more of a scarcity mindset at that point. And I was like, I see people around me that are friends and they're shooting for a ton of clients. And it's like, why isn't this picking up? I'm keep getting no's. It's the pandemic. And I did this one shoot with the company and it was very clear from the beginning that first off, they didn't have an appreciation really for the work that I created. It was good, but I think just they weren't a creative behind the screen, right? And so they didn't have that. Um, it was very clear that I was just a number, right? And it was very clear from the, I guess, payables, deliverables, that they, again, was just a number, right? And it was just a, we need content. We don't really want to invest in someone. We're going to pay someone, you know, $300 for, you know, 20 photos kind of thing, right? Like terrible and like not not your time. We're not going to cover your travel. We're not going to like very transactional, right? And at the time where I wasn't making money, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a couple shoots with these guys because it's a little extra in my pocket, you know, and sometimes we need to do that. So, but there was, it was very clear that there was never any relationship between me and that person. And because of it, I also hated every single shoot I did with them. Absolutely hated yeah. it. It was, I would dread it moving up to it. I would loathe it while I was shooting it because it was not enjoyable because at the end of the day, I knew the client would not really appreciate it that much. And it was just a transaction. There was no level of investment in the content I was given. So that's what I mean by that. 
as far as like the shakiness of that, I realized that I think through that process that when you're working with transactional relationships and there isn't that level of investment, there there's no stability, as you said, because if you can do it, then anyone can do it, right? If they don't value the work you produce, they're not going to value the work of the next guy. And maybe the next guy is willing to do it for less and his work is worse, right? Like there's no level of, of investment in you, which leads to a very shaky future with, with any individual, right? And so I think recognizing that like that type of work is not worth it. And as you said, there's no longevity in it because eventually they're going to move on to someone who, who's willing to do it cheaper or do like a, you know, a slapstick kind of whatever job on it. Yeah, you're getting um, price checked at that point. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone's listening to this and they're kind of either just starting or maybe they have a lot of relationships with clients and they're making great money, but they feel like they're in transactional relationships with their clients. Mm -hmm. They feel salesy or they feel like the other person is not investing in them. What are maybe a couple quick tips you can give that person to start building meaningful relationships with their clients or with other people in the industry where it's not just transactional, but actually building a great relationship, but they just don't know how to convert that into the business from personal yeah. to business, mm-hmm. vice versa. Absolutely. And I think it's important to also start off by saying, I don't think transactional relationships are always bad because there's, totally. we have transactional relationships all the time. I mean, you guys love Chick-fil-A, right? Like you love oh, <laughs> like those chicken sandwiches. Chick-fil-A. It's in and like. out, Kaylin. It's in and out. <laughs> in and out. You, don't, you don't do Chick-fil-A? No, okay, I, I love Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. She I'm loves team in and out. <laughs> but she also likes Chick-fil-A. Okay. I do, I do. It, anyways, that's a transactional well, and, relationship, right? Exactly. Transactional relationships. Deep connection. Yeah, they're often mm-hmm. the stepping stone, right? That starts any relationship. It's Absolutely. just that they, if they stay there is when you're in trouble. So yes. keep going. It, exactly. So, you know, maybe once the fast food place knows your name, that's when you need to step away from good relationships and leave that <laughs> place if you go there too much. But um, no, okay. So yeah, absolutely. So it's not a bad place to start, but I think, again, where you just keep operating in that way is not good. So how do you transition from transactional to in-person? I think you need to start again by going back to investing in the person as a destination, as opposed to a bridge, which goes back to the first part, right? So I had a conversation recently with someone that, again, I'm not going to name who they are, but it was someone who represents a very large potential future thing, right? Which is something I've been dreaming of and is literally like a dream client for me. When I went went up to them, I had two options, right? So it was like one of our friends kind of introduced us and I was chatting with them and I had the two options of being like, okay, I'm going to go up there and just sell the hell out of myself, right? Oh yeah. Like I did this, I did this, I did this, you know? Oh yeah. I like doing this. Can I get your card? All this different stuff, right? That person again is going to feel like the Amway high school friend. Like that's going to, they're going to be like, they don't care who I am. They just want a transaction out of me. They just want what I can do for them. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, and and especially in that type of situation where it's a desirable type of job, why would they go with you? Why would they go with someone who's clearly not interested in actually connecting with them? They're going to want to hang out with people when they do a day shoot who they get along with. Right. So that was my first option. My second option was I'm going to go up and I'm going to connect with a person. Right. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what happens because I'm not going to push myself really. I'm not going to hide myself, but I'm not going to push myself to be like, look at me, look what I can do, right? I'm going to connect with a person. And in itself, if I connect with this human being and it's a good connection, a good interaction, that's a reward in itself. That is a final destination in itself. And it's 
regardless of whether I walk away and I don't get a card, regardless of whether I walk away and that person doesn't even know maybe fully what I can do for them. It doesn't if follow you back on them, Instagram. And that was a good enter. What? I said, if they don't follow you back on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. If, <laughs> if I'm meaningfully connected with that person, it's, it's good enough. That was a reward in yep. itself. Yeah. And so I connected with this person, talking with them. We connected over different, similar interests, chatting, laughing. And in the conversation, naturally through something they brought up, I was like, okay, yeah. You know, oh, that's so funny because yeah, I, I just recently shot this one thing, which clearly they will know what it is because it was a big enough, I guess, event. And so during that process, they're like, oh, okay. So then now they know that I do work with this other major brand within their industry. And I've shot a really major worldwide event, right? And so through that, they know what I did. I'm not pushing that on them. That's not my purpose for talking to them, but now they know what I do, right? And through that process where there's purposeful, but also like natural ways of dropping what I do towards the end, I get their contact information. They're like, let's work together, right? And so through that, that's fantastic. That's great that they want to work together. That's a dream client. I see that as secondary to connecting with that person because at the end of the day, they were a cool person and that was a great interaction. We laughed, we had a good time. And now because of it, there's a good chance I'm going to be able to work for this brand I've always dreamed of working for. Right. That's amazing. Um, totally. Yeah. That's awesome. Kaylin. I love that. But I think we're how you move away from transactional relationships, right? Transactional relationships are looking for an agenda and meaningful relationships that, that result in better opportunities aren't looking for an agenda. It's looking for a connection. Mm. That's great. And I also, as I'm, you're just talking about that, I'm like, it's so true because if you work to build relationships and truly understand the other person first, you also get to understand mm-hmm. their problems, right? You get Absolutely. to understand the needs that Absolutely. they have rather than the needs that you have. Because a transactional relationship is saying, hey, here's my need, fix it. A giving relationship is looking at the person saying, hey, what are your needs and how can I help you? How can I help solve that problem? How can I help solve that problem for your company? Whatever it is, which then in turn gives you opportunity. It puts you in a way better place to to see the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think that that is so important and always focusing on building that relationship because people only want to work with people they know, like, and trust, right? So I think you do such a great job at building that relationship so those people know, like, and trust you and know that you are for them, which then ultimately makes them want to give you opportunity, which I think is so cool. Yeah. So cool. So good. Okay. We got to, we got to start to wrap this thing up here. This has been we so good. We could talk for days. Uh, we could <laughs> talk for days. So we got two last questions for you, Kaylin. The first question is, and this is our signature question we ask on the show, and you'll be familiar with this statement because you've, you know, you've been a part of Creative Rise and you are a part of the Creative Rise family and community. And so we're going to ask you this. Why should somebody be unapologetic about breaking their own creative struggle? Why should somebody go, I am worth it to try? The same way you had to look at yourself and go, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? And you decided to go for it. Why, why should somebody else give themselves that chance? I think for me, the biggest thing, it came down to math. I think it was math. Math is the path, as I always say. Favorite phrase. Math is the path. (laughs) Yeah, that's the that's the best. uh, We quoted that so many times in back backroom conversations. We're like, math is the path. Uh, Yes, always. With uh, yeah, for me, it's math. Ask yourself if I only had one eighty sixth of a resource to give, what would it cost for me to give that? 
what what would it what would that 186 be worth giving so for me i look at i looked at my life and i said okay realistically i mean i might live older maybe it'll be 95 but you know let's say 86 87 mm. to spend another year 187 of my life doing something that is outside of where i feel drawn to outside of what i want to do what is that year worth and it might be a figure there's nothing wrong with there being a figure that figure might be you know, $150,000. If you could make $150,000, $200,000 a year, that, that might be worth giving up 186 of that limited quantity that you have. Yeah. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. For me, and I think, you know, for you or whoever's listening, if you're looking at that and you're saying how much I'm making, how miserable I am, you know, how happy I am, whatever the opportunities I have are not it, I can't wrap my head around giving away such a small resource that I have when I've only got one, I've only got 86 blocks of it. And I don't, I don't feel yeah. like what I'm doing currently is, is worth giving up one of those. Then I'd say, mm. take the step. Cause it's like, wow. it comes down to that. Like math is the path. Like there is, you only have 86 years. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> this is, you phenomenal. better be doing this something really that good. pays you, pays you a hell of a lot, or it gives you a so really great joy. opportunity somewhere else to give that up because if you're not yeah like, oh, yeah, what are yeah. you doing totally right yeah. oh man and there's nothing wrong with not being a creative there's nothing wrong with that if, if it mm-hmm. gives you the security or the happiness or the fun that you get whatever do it but like if you're thinking about it and you're like i don't like what i'm doing i want to do something else ask yourself is what you're doing right now actually worth an 86th of your limited resource that is like mm-hmm. wow right? if it's not wow that's dude good. that is so freaking profound that's mind blowing to think about. That's so true. If math you put it path. in, if math is path, if you if you wager your opportunities from the perspective of how many years you have left on this freaking earth, and you chunk them out mm-hmm. and go, "Am I willing to give up one?" And it's way less than eighty six now, because you know you're whatever age, oh, yeah. I'm whatever age, Christy's whatever age. The <laughs> odds 30. just get got, even more. Six more years. Yeah, like your your odds you know, as you get older, become that more and more important. So that is a phenomenal way to answer the question of why someone should break the creative struggle. Because if you don't, you're giving up an entire block of your life. That's incredible. Um, and the last 10, I'm just planning on eating in and out for the rest of it. So take <laughs> out the last 10. So yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Here's the last question. That was such a phenomenal answer. Thank you for, for gifting yeah. us with that answer and gifting everybody and with who, your time. who listened. That was so good. The last question I want you to answer is, what would you say to the person who might be in a situation that you felt like you were in you know, prior to jumping into the mastermind? Might be in a situation, maybe they're even in a little bit different of a situation. Maybe they are already a little bit successful, but similar to you, you were already successful. You were a therapist, but you were successful in a way that you didn't want to continue to be successful in. You wanted to find success in a different area. So speak to the person that was like you at the beginning who went, I know I need to quit my nine to five and do this creative business thing full time. Or they're like, I'm already doing creative business full time, but I know I need to pivot because there's something else I want to be doing in the industry that would light me up more. Talk to them about why they need something like the Creative Rise Mastermind. Again, your experience through that has been so cool and we really want to highlight and encourage and celebrate that. Talk to us about that. What would you say to that person who's sitting there going, I know what I want or I think I know what I want and I think I know what I should do but I'm scared to do it or I just feel scarcity around like the resources I have to do it. 
Mm-hmm. I would say to that person, and this is the thing, right? Because I feel like the course would be, not everyone needs the course. And that's not to say, but everyone would benefit totally. from the absolutely. course. Right? Oh, absolutely. And so I would say if you're someone that's starting off, you're starting off a business, do things right. Right. Don't get in because I think if you don't try to build that strong foundation from the start, it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the stuff that doesn't actually translate to success, especially in the creative industry. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the social media hustle, the trying to grow followers, all these different things that really, I mean, they can help. They can add a little bit of benefit, a little uh, pep to your step, right? And give you occasional jobs. But at the end of the day, like that doesn't translate to success. So I would say if you're someone starting off and you just like, I don't know how to do it right from a practical business sense. This creative rise is 100% for you. Like you need to take it. If you don't have that natural mindset, I didn't, right? If you're already a creative and you've been doing it, but you're like, you know what? Like as far as the business side of my business, like I'm creating phenomenal work, but the business side is not working out well. And, but even though you've been working in it for six years, like as a photographer or a videographer, take the course, like you need to take the course because it's a practical approach to business. It's not influence-based. It's not following based. It's, it's literally just like, these are practice steps. Now where it would be beneficial, maybe you're in that field already. Maybe you have a strong sense of business or marketing or pitching or whatever. Maybe you don't need that practical hands-on as much where I'd say it's beneficial for you is going back to what we've talked about almost this entire conversation, which is community. So, you know, the community from creative rise, there's a ton of people in it that you know, most people in the world don't get an opportunity to be around that many other creatives who are supporting each other, lifting each other up, offering opinions or second glances at questions or perspective or whatever. And that's what Creative Rise brings. It brings a ton of people with a ton of different experiences. I mean, our backgrounds are massively different between the three of us, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think all of us have been able to bring different perspectives, right? And that's the case with how many people do you have in it again? Is it like 10 or 20? Oh, each round? Yeah. No, like 20, 20 to 30. Depends on how we're feeling about the group. We'll, we'll cap it. Because it's all about having the right it people felt in the smaller right room. Because we're so close. There we go. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, no, it's, you know, to have that where you have, you know, messages throughout the day for hours a day where people are messaging and supporting. Hey, guys, I'm feeling yeah. down today. Hey, guys, this pitch didn't work out. Hey, guys, this pitch worked out. Celebrating, supporting, giving opinions, perspective things you can try that are new, like all of that, everyone can benefit from community. And that's, that's, what's going to take you so far. So yeah. yeah. Love Boom, that. baby. That I love so it. Good. Dude, thanks for being on the show. This has yeah. been awesome. You yeah. need to come back and be on the show again, because mm-hmm. you are phenomenal at giving people value through reflecting on your own experiences, yeah. which is I'm sure a skill you picked up when you became a therapist. So um, Definitely. we're so yeah, thankful <laughs> for your journey that's gotten you to this point, And we're so stoked that you're part of the fam and we're going to be cheering you on as you continue to push forward and, and crank out the things you're going to crank out in your career. So thanks yeah. for being on the show today. Kaylin, thanks for giving everybody value. Where can people find you if yeah. they want to follow along connect and with you. connect with you? Uh, yeah so for, uh, for a non-transactional relationship for a non-transaction only genuine relationships so my main instagram is kaylin.charles so kaylin's with a c so like c-a-l-i-n dot charles and that's at instagram that's my kind Sweet. of main one i've got like we've all that's got great. 15 accounts i feel like at this point but like 
That's that's where I go on. <laughs> Where's so. Kalen's Finsta? Where is that? <laughs> I'm sure Kalen has I, like a sneaky coffee only account. One, so coffee. Like yes, coffee journey. I literally just said, I bet you he has his own coffee account. <laughs> Amazing. So we'll put it in the show notes, guys. If you want to yeah. connect with Kalen, it's just kalen.charles on Instagram. We'll put his handle in the show notes. Other than that, dude, thanks again for being Appreciate on the show. You. This has been so awesome. Appreciate you And uh, yeah, we'll get you back on at some point. Sounds good. Always good connecting with you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Kalen. Talk soon. Woo. That was a heater. <laughs> that was good. I feel like I'm going to like put like one over 86 on like a printed thing on the wall. Like that was Seriously. so inspiring. Yeah, that was a huge oh. piece of... That was a goal. That was a piece of gold. Shout so, out to Kaylin. Shout out to Kaylin for being in the mastermind. Some bombs. And we just are so grateful for him. So yeah. grateful. So if you're sitting here going, man, that was, you know, an incredible story. His story going from, you know, therapist, so much money in, in school debt to going into, hey, I'm actually going to leave this. I'm going to give up what I just dedicated my life to. And I'm going to step into starting a creative business. And then to see where he's at now and to him go, yeah, a lot of that was dedicated to picking the right foundation when I started. And him, for him, that was the, the foundation of joining the Creative Rise Mastermind. If you're sitting here going, I need to be in on that, well, you've got to be in on that. We would love to invite you in on that. If you're listening to this you know, before September 19th, 2021, you've got to join the waitlist because we're giving waitlisters first access to apply for the Creative Rise Mastermind. If you're listening to this after September 19th, well, if it's before the 26th, then you can just go to creativerise.com and apply. You might not get a spot because it might be light, but you got to go try because uh, these want, sell out every single time. If you want to be on the wait list, all you have to do is text waitlist to 916-587-6417 or just go to our Instagram. You can click the text button on our Creative Rise profile and just text that or just hop over to creativerise.com where you can also join the wait list yeah, there. Yeah, you'll see the buttons everywhere there. So crazy. That was such a good episode. I love how we talked about the mastermind. I love how we talked about people. And guys, that is the key to why we, you know, why Creative Rise exists in a mastermind format and the way we deliver content yeah. to people and we intimately work with people. People ask us all the time, hey, can we do one-on-one -on -one coaching with you guys? And we say, no, we don't coach people one-on-one -on -one because there's so much power in community. And so that's why we structure everything through a mastermind format. Just like Kaylin said, you come in, there's people that are going, hey, I've got answers for you. You've got answers for me. I've got questions. You've got questions. Let's all talk. Let's all learn together. Let's implement together. Let's grow our businesses together. Everyone is so much better off when you learn, when you implement from a space of, of connection and community. Absolutely. That's exactly how we've designed the six-week mastermind. And so... Yeah, we want to invite you into that. Um, if you're someone who's sitting in just like Kaylin, who was, you know, Kaylin really only a few months ago, like six, seven months ago, someone who knows they want more out of what they're doing in life, knows they want more out of the one out of 86 blocks they have, knows they want more out of the creative business. If that is you, you got to be just like Kaylin and the other hundred plus people that have gone through this, you've got to go apply because yeah, this thing's going to sell out again, like it always does. And we can't wait to see who is in that room. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. So head on over to creative creativerise.com or text us. We will answer all of your questions. Any questions you've got, no question off the table, we will answer it for you. So yep. we are excited we start, to see you there. We start, we start October 3rd. So it's coming up. We're going to end out the year super strong. We're going to get people rowdy and you know set up to go into 2022 with as much momentum and clarity as they can so they can crush the last part of the year here and crush 2022. So that's awesome. you. 
go over to creativerise.com and you'll you'll know what to do once you're there. But anyways, thanks for listening to the show, guys. We're so glad that you're here today. Make sure you follow Kalen if you want to see more of what he's doing. If you want to stay up to date with what he's doing, we're going to keep encouraging him to share more of his of his mindset and perspective on things on his yeah. own socials because he's got so much value to give. So make sure you go follow him, kalen.charles on Instagram, and you'll see everything there. But thanks for being here today. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. It means the world to us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We were so happy to have you here. And do not forget to jump onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating and write a written review. That would mean the world to us. And we'll catch you next time on the Creative Rise podcast, where we believe you deserve to break the creative struggle and it should be simple. Peace.